I'll be taking my text from 1 Peter chapter 5, starting at verse 6. 1 Peter 5, 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. You know, it's easy to look around today, see circumstances and situations that we want to try to figure out a solution. We want to figure out what's right, what's wrong, what's true, what's not. It's easy to turn on the news or an internet outlet or something to see what's going on or try to figure it out. And like we already heard from a testimony, you don't feel very good after that. Usually you're angry or you're confused. We know that's of the devil. It's easy to share our opinions with others, even to complain to one another. After all, it's how we feel, right? What can our friends do? Not much. They can pray, which is always helpful. But in some cases, we might feel better, but leave them feeling worse. Through all this situation we're in, Word of God doesn't ask us to do any of those things. It says we're supposed to look unto Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith. As we read here in 1 Peter, we need to humble ourselves, and we need to cast our cares upon him. We're going to talk about where are we looking. This world needs Jesus. We have loved ones that need Jesus. We have co-workers that need Jesus. Classmates. It all starts with humbling ourselves. We look to the Lord and we humble ourselves. Many of us can point to a time when we did that very thing. We heard Brother Cook talk about that. We have a few examples in the Bible I wanted to bring up. Because this is where it starts. Looking to Jesus just for that sake alone won't get you very far unless you can humble yourself. Unless you can answer a call that God puts on your life. In 1 Samuel 3, we find a young boy. It's bedtime. He goes to sleep and hears his name called, Samuel. Samuel. So he gets up, goes to Eli the priest and says, what do you want? Eli said, that wasn't me. Happens a couple more times and the priest says, you, you need to answer when you're called. That's the Lord. And sure enough, here came the call again, Samuel, Samuel. And he says, here am I, Lord. We have Nicodemus. 
In John 3, he's a ruler. He's a Pharisee. Not just a boy. But under cover of night, he sought out Jesus. Came to him. Was impressed with with Jesus. And Jesus went on to tell him that he must be born again. Then we have Zacchaeus. Not a religious leader at all. Hated by most people because he was a tax collector and took a little more than he needed most of the time. In Luke 19, you can find that. Zacchaeus was curious, but he was short of stature, so he climbed up into a tree and waited for Jesus to come down the road. And when Jesus got to him, he stopped and said, Zacchaeus, come down. And we find Zacchaeus coming to the Lord, repenting, ready to give back what he'd taken, and four times more, and they went to his house. And we have Saul in Acts chapter 9, a zealot. If he could get rid of every Christian on the planet, he would have done it. Hard to believe he was even looking to God for anything. From what you see, you know, what you read about him, he seemed pretty sure he was doing the right thing. But the Lord stopped him in his tracks, went to his knees, struck him down, he even was blinded. We find that Saul became Paul, the apostle. You know, every, whenever the Lord calls us, it's a very effective when, when we feel God speaking to our heart, uh, there's no doubt that that's what's happening. I remember when I was in high school, I attended church. It wasn't this one. I had a friend who was also a Christian who started talking to me about things in Revelation. The mark of the beast and all these other things, and I had no idea what he was talking about. We didn't look into Revelation much in the church I went to. So I found a New Testament and started reading it. Tried to act like I knew what he was talking about when he was talking to me, but I had to figure out what was going on. And as I read through that, it didn't make much sense to me, really, to be honest. But I remember one night I went to, the, went to bed, and I felt something in my room. And I felt uh, it was almost like a chill in the air. And I, I wasn't sure what was going on. And I felt like the Lord was, you know, I, I look, go look on it back on it now. I know it's the Lord trying to speak to my heart. As I tried to actually read the, something in his word, he began to want to speak to my heart. That's how it works, right? Uh, we seek the Lord, we, seek, we look into his word, and he's going to try to communicate with us. He's going to call us. He's going to speak to our heart. I, I was, I'd never experienced anything like this before. And I actually said, don't do that again. And he didn't. Not for a long time, anyway. But you know what, what makes it the most effective is when we respond like we're supposed to. And, and these, these, uh, all these responded as they should. Uh, we have a free will and a choice, and they chose the right thing. We can look to our Savior for guidance and help. 
This is the casting our cares part. When we look to the Lord, there should be a purpose behind it. When we look to the Lord, we want to be seeking His will above our own. In Jeremiah 29, 13, it says, And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all of your heart. It's not casual. It's not something we just think about doing. and It's, it's intentional and it's earnest. It's something that we put forth effort to do. It's something we carve out time to do. And it's something that will provide results because God promises it. So when we look at this, I have some, there's some examples in God's word for casting our cares. How about King Hezekiah? This can be found in 2 Kings 18 and 19. It's also in Isaiah. The king of Assyria was ready to take care of the city of Jerusalem. And in, his, in the process, he wanted to cause doubts among those that lived there. So they would bring people and they would read these things to everyone and, and just casting doubt on, who, and on Hezekiah and his leadership and just trying to get everyone to, to just say, forget you, we're going to follow this guy. You know, just, uh, Anything they could do, right? Well, it got to a point where this king decided he would defy the God of Israel too. And that was going too far. So what happened was Hezekiah took the letter and he spread it out before the Lord and he prayed. Look what he's saying about you. I'm trusting you with this, Lord. And, and the Lord delivered them because Hezekiah took the cares you know, that were before him, and he didn't just try to figure it out himself. He didn't decide, well, look what they're saying about my God. I'm going to do something about that. He took it to the Lord and said, Lord, this is your battle. Casting our cares. There's also an account in Mark chapter 9, a man whose son was possessed by a spirit, took it to the disciples actually and they couldn't heal him and so he came to Jesus the disciples said we can't we can't do it and uh, the the boy started to foam at the mouth and was getting falling into a fire this horrible stuff tormented tortured and Jesus looked at this man and says do you believe and one of my favorite prayers in the Bible. Lord, I believe, but help thou mine unbelief. Casting our cares on the Lord. Looking to him for guidance and for help. Isaiah. If you look in chapter 6, you find him in prayer. King Uzziah just died. With change comes uncertainty, especially when it comes to leadership. So he was seeking the Lord. And he saw quite a scene there. 
It blew him away, as we say nowadays. He didn't know what... He, he, he says, well, am I... I'm a man with unclean lips. He realized that there was something missing. He realized he needed to be closer to God. He needed to be cleansed. He needed, he just saw who God was and realized he was so, there, there was so much to it. What could he do? And an angel came down and touched his lips with a coal. And then the question was asked, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah responded, here am I, send me. Where are we looking tonight? Where are the answers? Well, we can look into God's word, can't we? First Peter said we need to be sober and vigilant. We need to understand and know God's word. We, need, we have to have that foundation, we have to know what it says so we are not swayed by anybody. Romans 10.17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. We're going to look into James. Chapter 1, starting at verse 22. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. <clears throat> For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like a man, beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. We want to look into this perfect law of liberty. We want to understand it. I, I remember when I was older, I didn't go to a service here. I was at a different service, not in the church I used to go to. And they asked everyone who was a Christian to stand up. It was the end of the service. And I, I'd gone to church almost my whole life. So I stood up. Couldn't be that hard. Within 10, 15, 10 seconds or less, I began to tremble. Shake. I couldn't stop it. And I had no idea why. And again, there is the Lord letting me know there's more to this than you think. He's faithful. I didn't understand the word. I, I, I hadn't really read it before. It's important to know the word of God, to get into it ourselves so that we can understand. Hebrews 12, 15 says, Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Adam Clark explains that the root of bitterness is here used metaphorically for a bad man or a man holding unsound doctrines and endeavoring to spread them in the church. Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you. 
we need to know what the Word of God says. We need to be able to recognize and discern when we're hearing something that doesn't line up. Looking into the Word of God. We want to look to Him for fellowship. Establish, strengthen, and settle you. We can get very involved in activities in the church. <laughs> Not right now. But normally, that might be happening. We can strive to spend time with each other at a distance. But how much time do we spend seeking the Lord's fellowship? We heard this morning about Mary, who sat at Jesus' feet and received the good part. We want to receive the good part. We want to understand the Lord better. We want to be able to have, be in the fellowship with the Lord and understand what he did and why he did it for us. In the book, Pursuit of God by, by A.W. Tozer, he has a, uh, something he's talking about here. I wanted to find a tuning fork and couldn't. I think there's one in my office at school, but I'm not allowed in there. So, if you don't know what a tuning fork is, it's, it's just a, it's something that when you hit it, it rings a, tune, a specific pitch, and then you can tune something to it. Okay? So here's something from this book. Has it not occurred to you that 100 pianos tuned to the same fork are automatically tuned to each other? They are of one accord, being tuned not to each other, but to another standard to which one must individually bow. So 100 worshipers meeting each other, each looking away to Christ, are in heart nearer to each other than they could possibly be were they to become unity conscious and turn their eyes away from God to strive for closer fellowship. Now, I remember when we were being, uh, my wife and I were going to get married and we heard about the triangle, God, your wife, and yourself, or your spouse and yourself. And the closer you get to God, the closer you get to each other. It makes sense, yes? And that's what he's trying to say here. When we, when we strive for fellowship with God, we become closer to one another. Even when we can't be with one another. With our distanced lives these days, we can still look to the Lord, which will bring us closer together. We can support each other through the challenges that we have, and the Lord will strengthen us in those situations. As much as we need each other, which is true, we miss being together. It's we need him even more. I'm going to look at Jude, starting at verse 17. There it is. But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how they told you that there should be mockers in the last time. You should walk after their, 
who should walk after their own godly lust. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the Spirit. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And, and of some have compassion making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. We want to hold each other up. And the first thing we do is we look to the Lord and we draw near to Him and we find that we can then look to each other, pray for one another, support one another. That's what God calls us to do. We want to be looking for His coming. As I was reading... Matthew 24, which speaks a lot about his coming, I had a, a verse that really bounced up to me. It begins with this. And then shall many be offended. It just is so true right now. Many will be offended, and it doesn't take much. And then it goes on to say, Many shall be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And that's what we see today. But we don't want to lose hope. We want to be looking. This is the whole point he was making. Look. When you see this happening, he's coming soon. We want to be ready. Luke 12, 35 to 40. Let your loins be girded about and your lights burning. And ye yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, they may open unto him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord when he cometh shall find watching. Verily I say unto you that he shall gird himself and make them to sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. And if he shall come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so, blessed are those servants. And this know that if the goodman of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not have suffered his house to be broken through. Be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when ye think not. We want to be ready. We want to be looking. Where are we looking tonight? It's so easy to be distracted. It's so easy to look around. It's so easy to be confused and frustrated. Oh, but if we just look up, our redemption draweth nigh. It all starts with humility. It all starts with looking to the Lord for his help. When we look to the Lord, during these times, he gives us peace. He gives us joy. He helps us settle. He establishes our heart. 
He grounds us in his word. Where are we looking? We want to be looking up. We want to look to the Lord tonight. No matter where you uh, stand right now, if you're in the valley of decision, maybe you don't know if if you're ready to go to heaven. Maybe you don't know what it is to be saved. It doesn't take much. It's a simple prayer. It's a humble prayer. You just ask the Lord to, to, to forgive you. You ask the Lord to help you, to make a change. I did that here, right over here. And, and, and the Lord was faithful to me when I had no idea how to pray. It's, it's the honesty of one's heart that he's looking at. He looks on the inward parts. And as, we, as you look to the Lord for that, uh, he will he'll come and make a change. He will help you put peace in your heart. If, we're, if you're looking to be sanctified or to receive another deeper experience, the Lord has those available. If you're disturbed by what's going on today, the Lord can help you tonight. Uh, that, that's where we want to look. And when we do that, we will find that the Lord is there for everything we need. The song is 581. Why don't you come and pray?